Let's talk about the holiday blues on Ask Science Mike this week. Uh, this is going to be one of those I just talk in the microphone episodes, so uh, no theme song, <laughs> no intro. If this is your first episode of Ask Science Mike, this is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Mike McCarg, uh, dubbed Science Mike by a friend at a party, and then that became my job somehow. <laughs> this, is a, this is a podcast where uh, we honor every sincere question with an honest and non-judgmental response, because we think that curiosity is important. Sometimes we change the format up, and uh, we just explore a topic together, and that's what we're doing this week. Before we do that, I'd just like to remind you that uh, my travel is starting back up in 2020, and there's a couple things there. First of all, uh, Buffalo, New York, I'm headed your way to Trinity Church on January 11th for the Fresh Voices series. And then if you're in Fort Smith, Arkansas, you have the opportunity to spend an entire week with me at First Presbyterian Church from January 20th through January 27th. And speaking of 2020 and bookings, you know, I'm, I'm reevaluating the way I do travel. I'm having to lead all my decisions with taking care of my heart and supporting my mental health. So I am not touring as extensively as I used to. Uh, I'm not hitting as many dates per year as my cardiologist thinks that that cycle of heavy travel may have played a role in my heart disease. And so I'm trying to do what I try to tell all of you to do, and that is I'm trying to take care of myself. But next year has some really exciting things. Uh, I've got a book coming out April the 28th called You're a Miracle and a pain in your ass, and it's been about my journey the last few years, learning more about my feelings and accepting my feelings and honoring my feelings and learning how to be closer to others through that process of learning about my feelings. It's a, it's a book about why, you know, what we feel and what we do so often seems to run counter with what we want, right? Uh, and so I started by examining, you know, behavioral economics and cognitive psychology and interpersonal neuroscience, all trying to understand this difference between what we want to do and what we actually do. And coincidentally, during that time, my life fell apart. I lost a dear friend uh, far too early and uh, was diagnosed with autism. My daughter uh, was diagnosed with uh, eating disorder. Um, I went to the hospital, went to the very brink of bankruptcy. Like it was a tough season while I'm writing a book about self-care and self-improvement. And it ended up being a really remarkable experience. And so I'm really excited to share this book with everyone next year. And we're going to orient my traveling next year around that book. My health is continuing to improve. And we're working on ways that I can travel that won't be so hard on my health and hopefully gets back to what I like. And that's being in rooms with people where I can see everyone's faces, where it's not so crowded, where there's not like a, a, a line, a big line to get in the building. You, you all can't understand how weird that is for me to like drive up to a venue and see a line that's a block or two of people waiting to come in and see me. It just, it puts me in a weird headspace. So um, if you are interested in having me 
show up with you somewhere in the world um, in 2020, I'd say start thinking about that now. You can go to um, mikemccarg.com slash speaking. If you can't spell my name, don't worry about it. Uh, you can just go to asksciencemike.com and find my speaking page from there. Um, but there's a button there that says book Mike and you fill out a form. But like, I would just encourage you to not have preconceptions. I've noticed that the people asking me to speak now, it's all big things. It's it's almost like a smaller institutions, smaller churches have given up. If you're thinking about having me like in your living room, go fill out uh, that speaking form. Now, what I'm trying to say is I'm going to intentionally balance my speaking between bigger events that, yes, are fun and, and help pay the bills, but I'm going to intentionally counterbalance that with smaller events. So don't assume that your conference or your church or your living room is too small a room for Science Mike. That stuff is my favorite. And uh, I've challenged the people that manage my work, manage my speaking, manage my career to come up with different models and to make space in my calendar for groups that don't have the resources. And here's why. One of the, the first places to bring me in as a speaker um, was a small church run by a friend of mine in Fort Worth. And I had so much fun there. And I went back a couple more times because we had so much fun. And then my career kind of took off. And I haven't been back since uh, since I started speaking in rooms that have security guards, basically. And I don't like that. I'm not that. If you listen to my podcast, I hope you know I don't do any of this stuff to be famous or known. I don't care about any of that. I actually kind of don't like it. I talk into this microphone every week so that I can invite you into accepting yourself and I can invite you into imagining a better world that we can all cooperate and building together. I care a lot about people who feel lonely or rejected or afraid or marginalized. That's why I have a podcast. That's why I write books. All I'm saying, friends, is I want to see you this year. And I'm going to do everything I can, understanding that I have to take care of my health, and I also have to make a living to make it possible to see people in as broad a range of experiences as possible. There is no arc of my life where I'm just going to do big rooms for big fees and ticket prices. Um, it's just, there's no point in that for me. So the URL is mikemccarg.com slash speaking. Um, and we are digging deep. We are, we are coming up with like just really accessible ways to book me. We're, we're, we're saving a portion of my calendar and my appearance is basically uh, to do events that I won't make money on or will even lose money on because uh you all have shown me that you support that. Some of the decisions I make that uh, limit my income as a media person. Uh, you all have shown me that that was a good decision because um, when I was at my most dire need, you all passed around a virtual jar and paid my hospital bills. And uh, so I sat down with, with our team and said... Um, 
we're going to continue in this kind of economy. <laughs> and that's important to me. Uh, so that's all about events. I've got two coming up, and I'd like to do really careful planning about 2020. I would love to do a half dozen living rooms next year. I would love to do some small churches next year. In addition to, uh, you know, if you've got a big conference, you've got a big company, you know, I've, I've thought about it. I, I've spoken at Google and MIT. That's crazy. Uh, that's an honor and that's really fun. So I'll keep doing that kind of stuff, but I don't want to lose track of where this all came from and how I got started. If you heard the 200th episode of Ask Science Mike, that's what I'm talking about. If you heard the living room episode, those events were so dear to me and they were so much smaller than what I've been doing the last couple of years. So I think, I think there's something special about small. One other announcement. Uh, boy, that was a long and wordy announcement. I ended up kind of pouring my heart out there for a minute, didn't I? Um, we need your questions always on the show. If you have something you're curious about, we need your curiosity. That's what this program is about. So if you go to AskScienceMike.com, which I rebuilt recently. Ooh, fancy new website. It's actually not fancy at all, but I did make it myself. Uh, you can scroll down to the bottom of the page, and you can send me an email there. And you can send me a voicemail, or more accurately, you can send um, Andrew and Caitlin messages. And uh, they sort through them, and they pick some, and those go to um, the Patreon community for Ask Science Mike. And then those people vote on the questions, and that's what that's what happens to get a show every week. The whole process breaks down if you don't send questions. I've said this a few weeks now. Uh Ask Science Mike has never been more downloaded than it is right now uh, on an average weekly basis. And we've never gotten fewer questions than we're getting right now. So uh, send in your questions. And listen, I know part of that, friends, is this is a very stable audience. <laughs> I am talking to just about the same people every week. Um, Ask Science Mike doesn't grow very fast. It's not like an explosively growing show. It's just a very stable, wonderful show. Um, and can I tell you something? I'm full of asides today. When I have guests on this program, do you know they tell me that they've gotten the kindest feedback they've ever received from you? That has happened multiple times that people have been a guest on Ask Science Mike and then sent me an email or a text or a letter to say that they've never gotten such kind and supportive feedback from any media appearance that they've ever made. And I cannot tell you, my friends, how proud that makes me. <laughs> I am just so grateful for all of you. So um, if you've asked a question on Ask Science Mike before, ask another one. It's just us every week, friends. It's just us every week. And I so enjoy it. So on to our topic for this week because um, I, I notice a theme coming in from a lot of the questions we receive and things people ask me on social media and uh, it's the holiday blues um, you may have heard that um, the suicide rate uh, goes up dramatically around the holidays 
which is not actually true. The opposite is true. December is one of the lowest months of the year um, for suicide attempts or people attempting to die by suicide. Uh, but why does that trope persist? Because people actually do get sad during the holidays. Um, and there's a lot of complexity here to talk about sadness during the holidays because some people will talk about things like seasonal affective disorder and other people will talk about depression. And depression is a hard thing to talk about. Number one, because people have a lot of shame about feeling depressed and being impacted by depression. Depression itself tends to cause one to feel more badly and more shame about being depressed which is one of the insidious things about depression. But we also, in the mental health community, there is a growing and evolving understanding of what depression is. So often, our public conversation about depression and mental health and seasonal affective disorder is lagging behind more recent insights in psychology. Um, so let's. I just thought we could kind of unpack some of these these things that happen around the holidays that make us feel sad and provide some clarity uh, around that conversation in a way that I hope somebody listening experiences just a little bit of um, validation, a little bit of understanding. Maybe we'll feel seen or feel known in the season because what can happen is during this season, uh, for any given person, one or more of these factors could be at play that we're about to talk about. And that can create an experience that's unique to you because your personal holiday blues are a unique blend of factors. So I just thought we'd talk about some of those factors and, and what they're like and what to do about them. Um, because I know people feel sad during the holidays. My oldest daughter um, feels really down this year about Christmas. And as we've talked about that, you know, she's uh, she just turned 15. And when you are a young adult with childhood being a very recent memory, isn't there something so magical about being a child at Christmas? And so... What my daughter is experiencing is um, kind of a dark nostalgia where um, the presents under the tree, well, they just don't contain the same magic that they did for a child. And the sense of anticipation is different. I sometimes feel blue during the holidays myself. So what's happening? How can we unpack it? Well, first... Um, let's be aware that there is a real documented phenomenon known as seasonal affective disorder. Um, and this is a, a significant, serious, and diagnosable mental health condition. Um, it's going to impact 1 in 20 adults in the U.S., for example. Uh, and it lasts a long time. It can last almost half the year. 
Um, some most people experience it during the winter, although some people experience seasonal affective disorder in the summer. Um, and this is understood to be a mental health condition with a biological basis that is our bodies reacting to changes in daylight hours and having difficulty adjusting, getting our um, internal clock or our circadian rhythms a bit out of sync with our daily schedule in a way that is disorienting. And a lot of things uh, come up or a lot of, you experience something specific if you're having seasonal affective disorder. You're going to have chronic fatigue, even if you're sleeping too much. You can gain weight, especially because it creates food cravings. Um, it can create suicidal thoughts or feelings of worthlessness or guilt. Um, changes in sleep patterns, changes in appetite loss of interest in pleasure or activities, it can look a lot like depression, actually. The the symptoms are very similar, which is why um, if you suspect seasonal affective disorder or depression is playing a part in your holiday blues, you should seek out some kind of professional mental health support because both depression and seasonal affective disorder are medically significant. They are medically significant. Uh, because if we think about you know depression, and we look at the diagnostic criteria here, I'm pulling up an article from Medical News Today that I'll have in the links to sciencemike.com. If we look at symptoms for depression, feelings of discouragement, sadness, hopelessness, lack of motivation, a loss of interest or activities that once found enjoyable, changes in sleep cycles, they actually look really similar. And then if you have a major depressive disorder, which is if you've got uh, basically depression longer than two weeks, um, then you have signs of hopelessness and sadness, insomnia, tiredness, feelings of worthlessness or excessive guilt on a daily basis when I'm depressed. That's how I know is the feelings of worthlessness and guilt. I just feel guilty about everything, uh, difficulty concentrating. Uh, I think I recently came through a period of depression I did not know I was in. And the reason I know that is my concentration is suddenly so much better. Of course, suicidal thoughts and suicidal ideation are also a major warning sign there. So you can see it can be difficult to tease out the difference between seasonal affective disorder and depression. And it is possible, of course, to have both seasonal affective disorder, and to have a major depressive disorder at the same time. And there's no easy way to do this. <laughs> but uh, we're going to switch to talking about our sponsors this week, one of whom is um, especially relevant uh, to our conversation, and that is my friends at BetterHelp. If you have trouble finding a, a, a therapist, or if you've you know, think you can find a therapist, but you just can't find the energy to go to a therapist. BetterHelp is here to help you. It is an online counseling service uh, staffed by real licensed therapists, thousands of them. What's neat about BetterHelp is it lets you get me professional mental health support in your own home or in a location of your choosing at your convenience. So if you are experiencing holiday blues, and it feels overwhelming to try to find a therapist, BetterHelp could find a therapist for you. 
And you can text, chat, phone, or video conference that therapist. And you can start communicating in under 24 hours. It is secure, convenient, professional, and most of all, affordable, as there is financial aid available for those who cannot afford their pricing, which is frankly very reasonable. So, as an Ask Science Mike listener, you can get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash science mike. Okay? That's our first sponsor this week, and I'm so thankful. Again, it's also true, I use BetterHelp myself. The bulk of my therapeutic work right now is happening through that platform, and I am a paying subscriber to BetterHelp myself. I'm also a paying subscriber myself to KiwiCo, who I absolutely love. If you're on my email list, you got an email from me recently about KiwiCo because they are not just sponsoring Ask Science Mike. They're actually going to help me promote my next book. I mean, they are a wonderful company and consistent supporters of this program. If you don't know about KiwiCo, they create hands-on projects and toys to expose children to science, technology, engineering, art, and math, also known as STEAM. They're based in California, just like me, and they are on a mission to help kids build creative confidence and problem-solving skills while having lots of fun. How this works is they have a variety of subscription lines where they send crates or projects in the mail every month for children to work with. Although they did launch a new two new lines recently. There are Eureka and Maker Crates that are also for adults. I've tried them myself. They are so much fun. Uh, Jenny and I, my wife, we started to get jealous of our daughters when they would get their Kiwi Crates because they would bust these things out and have lots of fun. They'd set the phones down, and it was a great time. And then we just like looked with total envy. So I'm so glad KiwiCo has now launched Crates for Adults as well because now... We get four crates a month in my house, one for each person. What's really neat this time of year, part of the stress of what happens to us is trying to figure out holiday shopping, and KiwiCo makes that easy. You can send a subscription to KiwiCo. You'll send the gift of learning all year to every kid on your list. It is the perfect subscription or perfect gift for every young explorer, engineer, and artist in your life. And again, KiwiCo has products for kids of all ages with all types of interests and possibly even if you want a memorable gift for adults in your life, uh, why not send a Eureka or Maker Crate? So they're really, really wonderful. And so if you would like to uh, send that gift, all you've got to do is go to KiwiCo.com slash science. Isn't that cool? I got the coolest referral URL slash science. I'm actually legitimately proud of that. And uh, by using that URL, guess what? You're going to get a month for free, completely free. So the crate that shows up under the tree this year, you don't even pay for it. <laughs> you just continue the subscription for, the subscription for the rest of the year. It is absolutely wonderful. And there's no commitment. You can switch lines at any time. So kiwico.com slash science. Gosh, what a cheerful sponsor message. <laughs> that was a, quite a relief for me as we talk about seasonal affective disorder and depression. Um, 
But here, here's what's important to understand in this conversation. The word depression is overused in public conversations about mental health, which is quite a remarkable thing to say about um, a mental health challenge as common as depression. I mean, depression is incredibly common. Millions of people every year, probably, I don't know, 18 or 20 million people last year probably experienced symptoms of depression. It is very, very, very common. So how could it possibly be overused? I think we have a tendency to describe all unpleasant feelings as depression. Remember, depression has specific diagnostic criteria and specific treatment options. And I have been depressed. I, I understand depression very well personally. But it is my theory that, for example, my daughter Madison is not experiencing depression right now. Not even a situational or, or tempo, temporary depression. Because depression is not sadness. Depression can involve sadness, but just as commonly or perhaps even more commonly involves almost an inability to feel feeling at all, feeling nothing. Uh, depression can, can, can sap you of all motivation. Um, the excessive guilt and worthlessness that you feel when depressed uh, are unique to depression or, or similar disorders like seasonal affective disorder. But sadness, sadness is a normal, even healthy human emotion that everyone should experience sometimes. And, and we have a culture that is obsessed with being happy or joyous or ambitious and doesn't leave space for sadness or for grief. And I think what happens, or part of what happens in the holidays, is people feel sad because of two things. Well, more than two, but I can think of two, and they make a hand, handy podcast topic, talking points. First, the holidays happen every year, right? This is a time that reminds us of loss. No matter what time during the year, you may have lost someone close to you. There was a first Christmas without that person. And then every year, Christmas rolls around, and it reminds you of that loss. This is especially true as we get older. Christmas reminds us of people we lost, and so it re-invites grief into our daily experience. Every Christmas Eve, without fail, I can remember handing my newborn daughter, Madison, to my grandfather for what I did not know was his last week of life at the time. And when I remember that, I experienced grief on Christmas Eve. And remembering that moment, then creates this almost um, in-memory 
montage in my mind of people I've lost and experiences we had together around the holidays. And there is a sense of grief and sadness. And I usually usually have a nice cry, especially now. You know, I used to I used to put those feelings, shove them deep inside and say, you don't belong on Christmas. Christmas is a time of joy and celebration. Oh, but my friends, as I've learned that all my feelings belong and all my feelings are good and all my feelings are helpful and all my feelings are here to teach me, I just sit down and I let grief have a seat at my Christmas table. <laughs> and I, I don't fight it. I sit and I grieve. And I think about my grandfather. I think about my grandmother. And I think about what Christmas was like before my parents got divorced. And I just let those feelings wash over me. And I could just cry right now with all of those memories. But something that has helped me, I feel no shame over that sadness, that grief. Gosh, it feels so right. It feels so appropriate when I think about things I have lost. Grief becomes our companion because it evokes memories of things we once had, relationships with people who have passed on, relationships that have changed. Gosh, I think about how much I used to love the candlelight service for Christmas Eve in the evangelical church. And how fun it was to sit with my kids and sing all those songs. In a time before I understood it, uh, you know how problematic some of that theology that I was in was. There's a grief. There's a grief. Grief's okay. I think if you feel blue in the holidays, maybe you could check in with yourself, as I've encouraged my daughter to. What do you miss? What has changed? What is different? It's okay to have a nostalgia and a longing for the way things used to be, even if it's not clean or clear. In some ways, I feel much better and much more liberated in my life now than many years ago. In many ways, my parents are able to be healthier people because they are no longer married. So I can know that. I can know that I feel more free to be myself in spiritual community today than I did back then and also rejoice in my parents' freedom while still being sad for what I once had and was once a part of. And in a related way, when we feel sadness in the holidays, it can be because we bring expectations. One expectation we bring is that the holidays will be joyous and will be celebratory and will not be sad. And then if things aren't as exciting and wonderful as we hoped they would be, then suddenly we feel disappointed and then we feel sad. So I try to set aside any expectations of what will happen during the holiday season and just be present in my life. To celebrate the people I do get to talk to.
I also find a good spiked eggnog is quite nice. (laughs) It's a time we think about tradition, Christmas, and the holidays, right? So I've tried to make a tradition every year, trying a new one. This year, my family, uh, we all got together and we went to a, a restaurant in L.A. and listened to Christmas carolers, and we had a wonderful time. And creating that new tradition, I noticed, lifted the spirits of everyone in my family. And this is a year of a lot of loss for us. And so as we honor the past by grieving it, we're also bringing ourselves to the present by trying something new. I guess maybe if I have an expectation for the holidays, I have created an expectation that everything belongs in my holidays, that there is room for sadness, that there's room for concern over the future, that there's room to laugh with friends and to cry with friends, to speak with hope of the future and longing for the past, to name hurts. My holiday blues are less severe because I have accepted that depression and seasonal affective disorder and sadness are all allowed to be a part of my experience. That I'm not in some way missing out on the holiday season by not having an amazing, endless, wonderful time full of presents and shopping and parties and whatever else that we imagine would be perfect. Do you know how grateful I am that my daughter Madison told me she's sad around Christmas? How close that made me feel with her. I'm so fortunate to have the opportunity to sit with my daughter and be sad together. I just had to take a moment to sit in that feeling, my friends. I'm sorry for the long delay. I know that's not great radio. Um, But there are tears rolling down my cheeks right now as I celebrate and I'm grateful for sadness. This is a lot of work. An entire system of capitalism is training us that we should have a certain feeling. That there should be a bow on a brand new car in the driveway and everyone should jump up and down and cheer. And that is the holidays. There's nothing wrong with new cars. Well, I mean, there's something wrong with new cars. (laughs) But um, I don't know. Maybe a blue Christmas is just fine. If we do the work to understand that our feelings belong. In this season for me, not just this holiday season, but this season of my life, sadness is my favorite feeling. It is my absolute favorite. I like to be sad more than I like anything. Why? Because I feel proud that I can accept my sadness now. And I've become aware that when I let myself be sad... So many bottled up feelings get space to get expressed and relieved. And the more I'm sad, 
And the more I let myself be sad, the more clarity I have in life, the more energy I feel, the more room there is for joy because I'm not constantly trying to hold down sadness. Yesterday, uh, Hillary and I were recording something together and we shared a moment of sadness and it was so beautiful and it was such a bonding experience. So if you're experiencing depression or seasonal affective disorder, those are very difficult things and I'm sorry. I would encourage you to get some mental health support from professionals who can help you and who can guide you. But if you're sad, I would encourage you to start the long and difficult journey of naming for yourself that your sadness belongs, that your sadness is welcome, that your sadness is okay. Because I think you might find that by letting go of expectations of a non-stop, ceaselessly pleasant, joyous holiday season, you might find instead something far more remarkable than a brand new Volkswagen with a bow on it. And that's acceptance for yourself and a sense of bonding and intimacy with those you're closest to. However you celebrate this season, I wish you well. I wish you the joy of accepting and loving yourself completely. And as you grieve, friends, may you grieve well. Happy holidays.